The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus journeyed from one town and village to another, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Accompanying him were the twelve, and some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Cusa. Susanna, and many others, who provided for them out of their resources. The Gospel of the Lord. Right as we were at the beginning of the gospel reading, you guys did something. Don't worry, you're not in trouble. You did something with your hand. You did too, I was watching. It's amazing what you see up front. But at the beginning of the gospel reading, you guys took your hands and you marked yourselves with them, didn't you? Why did you do that? That's a good answer. I don't know is a perfectly fine answer. Yes. Excellent. And you know, I've asked a room full of adults that and I couldn't get that answer. Very, very good. These little gestures that we do during the Mass, we sometimes do them automatically, but we want to understand why we do things. We don't just want to do things because everybody around us is doing them. And so that we're all clear, the grown-ups too, every time at Mass when the Gospel is proclaimed, both the priest who proclaims it and the people who hear it, we do something. We take our hands and we trace a cross on our foreheads. And then on our lips, and then on our hearts. And we don't proclaim the gospel at Mass without doing that. It's a simple gesture. And again, standing up front, it can be pretty amazing because every now and then you see somebody who knows I need to do something, but I don't know what it is. And so the hand gestures can be pretty wild. And that's marvelous because it's somebody who wants to participate but simply doesn't know how. And so again, it's a cross on the forehead, a cross on the lips, and a cross over the heart. And it's there for a reason, a very basic reason. Does anybody here have trouble sometimes paying attention? Does anybody here get distracted pretty easily? Is anybody here forgetful? Okay, this isn't confession, so you can put your hands down. <laughs> Sometimes we have a problem paying attention. Sometimes we have a problem remembering things. Sometimes somebody begins talking to us and we get distracted by something else and our mind wanders. And that can be like that with our hearts and God too. And we realize it can be hard to focus and pay attention, isn't it? And we need help. And so what we do is we begin, before we hear the word, 
we make the sign of our cross on the forehead asking Jesus to help us remember what he says to us. And so there's a little prayer. May your words, Lord, remain in my mind. May I remember them. May I think about them. Because we don't listen to the gospel just because it's something we're supposed to do, but because the teaching of Jesus has something to tell us, and it's for us. And then we make a sign of the cross over our lips. Has anybody here ever said something that wasn't really good? Has anybody here, when they were angry, said something that might have hurt somebody's feelings? Has anybody here ever said something that wasn't completely honest? Good, put your hands down. It's hard sometimes to speak the true word. It's hard sometimes to speak a kind word. It's hard sometimes to speak a good word. It's easy to complain. It can be easy to tease somebody. It's easy to bend the truth. But the Lord gives us his word so that we can learn what is good and communicate it and speak it. And sometimes that's hard because we worry about what other people think. Sometimes that's hard because we're afraid to stand out. And so what do we do? We ask the Lord to help us learn to speak truth and learn to speak a good word. And then we take our hand one last time. All of this happens in those couple seconds where we do this. And we make a cross over our hearts because we ask the Lord that his teaching and his word can change us and make us better. But the problem is sometimes we don't like to change. We want everybody else to become different. We like to stay just how we are. But we recognize that the gospel exists so that our lives become better, which means they have to change. We have to stop doing things that aren't good and learn to do things that are good. And so again, we ask God's help so that we can change. All of that before we hear the words of the gospel. Note how important that is. In that little gesture, which anybody can do, are three really good prayers. Lord, may your word, your teaching, remain in my thinking. Lord, may I learn to communicate the good you teach me. Lord, may your word make my heart better. How absolutely marvelous. And it's good that we can think about these things here when we have the children from a Catholic school who are with us. Because just like the gospel that we hear at Mass, your time in a Catholic school has a point to it. It might not always seem that way. And the point is not simply to get a good education. The point is not simply to make friends and have fun. We hope you do that. The point is about how we live. And there are some things that we do during Mass that help us to understand how that works. One of them 
is this move with the three crosses. But related to that are the other symbols that we use. For example, the color that I'm wearing today, which is? Good, that wasn't a trick question. And we wear red in the church on certain saints' feast days because we celebrate men or women who are called martyrs. Does anybody know what a martyr is? Someone who died for their faith, that's right. But the word martyr doesn't mean someone who died. The word martyr literally means witness, someone who testifies to the faith, someone who announces the faith. And so a martyr is someone who witnesses to the faith even by risking his life. What do you think? Do you have to be brave to be a martyr? You do. And when we celebrate a martyr, we're celebrating somebody whose character is strong, whose commitment is real, and whose goodness is recognizable and visible in the world. That's actually the point of a Catholic education. Not that you become martyrs, but that your goodness become real, your character become strong and be visible in the world. And so let's talk about what that means. And to do that, I have two things up here. I have a chalice and I have a disposable styrofoam, I have a disposable foam coffee cup. Okay? I'm going to use one of these for mass. Which one should I use? Should I use the disposable cup or should I use the chalice? Yes, sir. The chalice. The chalice. Why should I use the chalice? Because Jesus used the chalice at the last supper. Because Jesus used the chalice at the last supper? Okay. Why should I use the chalice? Good, because the chalice is more special and the coffee cup is disposable. You can't just throw out a chalice, she says. What do you think? Would it be a good idea for me to use the coffee cup? No? Why not? Great, excellent, excellent. There are rules for what we use at Mass. And first among those rules is whatever we use to hold the blood of Jesus has to be trustworthy and strong. It can't break easily. So the same thing, we don't use a glass cup either because on the stone altar it could break. It's not reliable. On the other hand, my disposable coffee cup is weak. It's not reliable. I could fill it with the blood of Christ, but it's not trustworthy to keep it safe and to hold it. Next, which has more dignity? Which is more special, the cup or the chalice? Yes, sir. Yeah. The chalice, why? Because it's holy. It has lots of designs and patterns on it. It has a dignity about it. This has a cartoony drawing of a coffee cup on it. This has little silver scenes of pictures from the life of Jesus. 
It's well designed, it's tall, it's visible, and it is dignified. In other words, it is a worthy vessel. This has no real dignity. And you don't take something precious and keep it in something undignified. That diminishes the value of the good that you have. And then finally, finally, which is more valuable? The coffee cup that's made to be thrown away or the chalice? Yes, sir. The chalice. The chalice. A lot more valuable or just a little bit? A lot. a lot more valuable. Because we also honor the blood of the Lord. We honor the presence of Christ by investing in the very best for him. And so it's well-made, it's dignified, and it's sturdy. It's reliable. This is not. There's a reason for that rule. And it's not just because we have to take care of the blood of Christ with the physical vessels we use for Mass. Because in just a few minutes, you're going to come forward and you're going to receive Jesus in Holy Communion, aren't you? And think about that. If that's what we say about the chalice, which isn't alive, how much more do we have to learn to be able to say that about ourselves? That the Lord who gives us his life and his goodness and his spirit and wants to fill us with all of his blessings, wants our lives as well to be like this chalice, not like this coffee cup. Sturdy and reliable and strong and visible in our goodness. Made of all the virtues that make life truly beautiful and truly good. He wants us to have a certain dignity. And that's the point of going to a Catholic school. So at the beginning of this school year, it's, it's very helpful to take some time and pray, but also to remember the whole point of a Catholic school and a Catholic education and formation in the faith is at the service of what kind of person am I going to be? Because we have two choices. We can be like the cup or the chalice. I know which one I would choose. What a beautiful, what a beautiful reality that the Lord cares for us so well that he gives us an opportunity to receive an education and a formation which can turn our lives into something as good as this. And don't worry, I'm not littering. Having said all of that, it's time now to prepare the altar. And I'll be using this. When we say Mass, how the altar is set up has rules too. And again, everything we do is at the service of reminding us of something. So the first thing the priest does is he puts out a small square white cloth called a corporal. And that's from the Latin word corpus, meaning body. And so the corporal has two points. 
One, it's there to catch any small pieces of the sacred host that might fall when it's broken. But two, it also marks a space where the consecration will happen. And it's a reminder that we need to always prepare and make space for the Lord in our lives. Then on top of the corporal, we begin placing all of the gifts that we'll use, beginning with the bread and the wine. And this is important too. God gives us wheat and God gives us grapes. And from the wheat that God gives us, we make bread. And from the grapes that God gives us, we make wine. So we put on the altar what we do with the things, the gifts that God has given us. And that's part of our offering. So the prayers are very beautiful. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer, fruit of the earth and the work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. Next, the priest prepares the chalice. And the first thing he does is he takes wine and he adds it to the cup of the chalice. And after the wine is in, the priest takes some water and he adds just a little bit, a few drops of water into the wine. And when we do that, the water represents us and the wine represents Jesus. And just as a little bit of water mixed into a lot of wine becomes like the wine into which it's poured, that's our prayer. By the mystery of this water and this wine, may we come to share the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. And having mixed them together, we now thank God. Blessed are you, Lord, God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine and the work of human hands, it will become our spiritual drink. And then just like we all prepared ourselves to hear the words of the gospel, the priest now prepares himself to say the prayers over the bread and the wine. With humble spirit and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. The last part of that preparation is him asking God to cleanse him of his sins. And that's what the washing of his hands with water symbolizes. Wash me, O Lord, of my iniquity. Cleanse me of my sin. Because the priest has to be a worthy vessel too. Pray that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Receive, we pray, O Lord, the offerings of your people, the honor and passion of your holy martyr, the Pope, and the Holy Inquisition. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. 
Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. And this part of the Mass is very beautiful and very important. The first thing that happens here is we receive peace from Jesus, who is with us on the altar. That's his first gift. And after we receive it, then we take the peace that Jesus gives us and we share it with one another. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And let us offer each other a sign of the peace of Christ. Remember what we said about our hearts and our lives needing to become worthy vessels for the Lord? Here at the Mass, this is also where we ask His help that we could become such worthy vessels. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the Supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. 